0: some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration the crowd was going crazy there's not much in life that's better than that
1: you're listening to garlic fries and baseball guys with mark willard and joe shasky on the 95 7 the game podcast network
0: all right here we go next episode of garlic fries and baseball guys and not just alongside joe shasky it's mark willard uh, with this particular episode, as promised, very special guest, someone who has been following the team for a very, very long time, and uh, and even though he has now moved into, I'm going to use air quotes, retirement, uh, your perspective on the Giants still counts a whole lot, Hank showman, and so we're we're really excited to have you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let us dive in I, uh, immediately to to I think where most fans. Are. and 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 that is there there seems to be a pretty and maybe this is just a social media thing maybe it's very real I, w- I wonder your thoughts having been through the ups and downs with this team through the years the frustration level that currently sits there from the fans um, do you feel like this is in a, in a in a sort of a heightened space as compared to where it usually is especially for a team with a, a winning a winning record?
1: I mean, they really raised expectations by winning 107 games last year. And on top of that, you know, they're supposed to be on a on an upswing from the time that Farhan Zaidi got hired. And, you know, a lot of things that have been beyond the organization's control, including the COVID uh, pandemic and whatnot, have slowed the process of what really has been and is a rebuild, even though they won 107 games last year. And I imagine the fans are frustrated. I will say that I think social media uh, is is really like about five percent of the fans. I mean, I, I don't think that social media is a good gauge of uh, what the ordinary fan, uh, maybe maybe what the ordinary fan is thinking, yes, but the sort of level of anger and frustration. I think that I think that the fans understand, or the majority of fans understand that um, last year. Would be would be tough to repeat without, uh, you know, really kind of uh, kind of adding to the team uh, and bringing prospects up, and uh, it just really hasn't worked this year for a variety of reasons. And I think whatever frustration there is now is they see um, that other teams uh, have did get better in the in this division in the off season. Um, the Giants, uh, you know, they got better on the pitching staff by signing three starters, which they really needed more than anything, uh, but really didn't do anything to improve the offense other than sign Jock Peterson. And especially in a year when they lost Buster Posey, who was certainly such a key part of the defense or part of the offense last year. I think there's some, I would say, frustration in throwing up hands of, hey, you know, why are we in this position when the Dodgers, who had everything they already needed went out and get they got Freddie Freeman and um, you know thing, things like that.
2: So when you look at the Dodgers and you know, it's hard for me to not look at just attendance in general you're talking about the, the basic fans and and I do think that times are hard right now for a lot of people financially and that's an element of it and you could blame stars or not having stars but I look at the Dodgers and they're just packed with stars. Does that make it more prudent to stay the course? Or does that make you want to be more aggressive to try to counteract how great they are right now?
1: Well, for one thing, I've always believed what Brian Sabian said. And and I've I've always, you know, felt that this was smart. No, you you don't you build your team, okay? You build your team and don't worry about what the other teams are doing because when you start worrying when you start trying to build your team based on what the other teams are doing. Uh, then you end up making a lot of mistakes. And I also think it's a terrible mistake. I, I keep seeing fans on social media. And again, I'm sure some fans who aren't on social media feel this way, but I keep seeing fans on social media saying, well, if we ever want to get attendance back up, we're going to need to get, we're going to need to do this and get this star and that star. And you know what? The minute uh, a, a team organization starts making moves based on attendance, that's the moment when they've given up on truly building a, um, a contender year after year after year, and they're making moves for the wrong reasons. Uh, the Giants, look, if you go out and, uh, I mean, the Giants are never going to get Soto, but if you did go out and get Soto, um, you would do it because it would help your team this year. It would help your team for at least two more years. And if it raises attendance, okay, so be it. It raises attendance, but that's not why you do it.
0: Um, why so dismissive of the idea of the Giants going to get Soto? Oh gosh
1: I mean the Giants don't have nearly what it would take and huh. even if even if uh, you know the, the the GM of the uh, the Nationals I mean even if Rizzo said okay I like this player this player this player and this player and that's what I want for Soto, the Giants would be fools to give all that up. Uh, I mean it's just it look they're gonna they're gonna want uh, Logan Webb, Absolutely, for starters, because they've made it clear through some of the national media. The the Nationals have made it clear that they don't just want prospects who are major league ready. They certainly don't want prospects who are down in the low minors. Uh, They want major league ready players and they want young, controllable major leaguers. Well, the Giants have one. The Giants have one controllable young major leaguer who you could even have in a conversation about Soto. And that would be Logan Webb. Now go to the prospects. There is no possible way. And if I'm proven wrong, you can play this clip for, you know, till eternity. But this is what I believe. Plus Logan Webb as a starter, they're not doing uh, Juan Soto without Kyle Harrison. And to me, Kyle Harrison, not just to me, to a lot of people, this is going to be a general generational pitcher. Hmm. Uh, this is going to be a guy who's going to have an impact if he stays healthy that Bumgarner had, that Kane had, that Linsicum had. And I know you're, people are going, well, yeah, they'd be trading him for a generational player, but that generational player is only going to be under contract for two more years and then he can do whatever he wants and go wherever he wants. Kyle Harrison could be the ace of this rotation for six years when he gets up here, if he stays healthy. And there's very few people who think, Uh, who are even concerned that he's going to fail in any regard. So that's two players right off the bat, and they're going to want more than two, okay? They're going to want to at least talk about Luciano. They're going to at least want to talk about Matos. They're at least going to want to talk about Bednar. And one other thing, and this is a good point that Buster Olney made the other day, Rizzo in, in Washington is not a guy who just throws out uh, a bunch of names, knowing he can't get them, and then when the other team says no, he goes, "Okay, let's negotiate." He doesn't do that. Okay, he says, "These are the players I want, and if you can't give me these players, I'm just going to move on to the next team." Because believe it or not, he doesn't have to trade Soto, and that's what he—that's what he did really last last year with Scherzer. I mean, he wanted the prospects from San Diego. And that was the team he was willing to deal with. And that's the team he did deal with. And the only reason that they turned back around to uh, Los Angeles was because uh, Scherzer uh, would only go to Los Angeles, the only place he would go. Um, And Soto doesn't have that right. And Soto is not a free agent. He's got two years left on his contract. So Rizzo is going to get the players he wants. And I don't think, A, the Giants have those players. And I don't think, B, the Giants should give them up, even if they did.
2: Hank, you referenced a lot of the, the prospects. I feel we're, we're really far removed from the end of the Sabian, Bobby Evans era to where we are now. How would you rate Farhan over the last couple of years as someone who saw the great dynasty that they put together? And then you saw the very end of it, kind of the embers just flaming out and kind of starting from scratch. How would you rate it right now um, as someone who has a really good feel for the history of this organization?
1: Well, I mean, for, there's there's a whole bunch of different things you're looking at. I mean, the three things you're looking at are free agency and trades. That's kind of one thing. The, the farm system is another thing. And then just sort of filling in the pieces, uh, which is the third thing. And I think we all can agree. I don't think there's any debate whatsoever that Farhan has completely excelled at the filling in part of it. I mean, he put together a 107 win team with a bunch of guys that you wouldn't like that other teams got rid of, uh, which is what, you know, essentially the Dodgers did with Chris Taylor and Justin Turner and Max Muncie, And of course Farhan worked for Andrew Friedman. So he knows how that works. They, the Giants do an excellent job on on that, and and really, you know, this year Luis Gonzalez is that guy. You gotta you gotta throw him in in there too, um, a, as one, uh, and some of the guys in the bullpen that they picked up. Um, then you look at free agency and trades. Well, with free agency, they they really haven't been going after the big guys because they really haven't been in the sort of place that you need to be as a franchise to make those. Those big moves, Th- those big moves are the moves you make when you just need a piece or two to become a really solid World Series contender. Now, you know, ownership wanted them to go after Bryce Harper, uh, Farhan's, I, you know, Farhan said he was behind it, whether he was or not, I don't know. That one didn't work, um, and uh, you know they offered him. They did offer him, uh, you know, like twelve or thirteen years. That one didn't pan out. But otherwise, you know, you're you're looking at filling in with guys like Wilmer Flores, who was a really good sign. Uh, Tommy Listella, who has not been a good sign. Um, so, and 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 the trades he's made thus far have been in that level too, because they're just sort of placeholders for the time when. The prospects could come up, and that brings you to the third point. And really, the jury is still out on the drafts and the international signings. Um, It it really hurt. It really, really hurt a team like the Giants who, uh, whether you called it a three-year plan or a four-year plan or a five-year plan to draft all these guys um, in 19, which was his first draft, Varan's first draft, all of a sudden you get to 2020 and there is no minor league season whatsoever. I mean, that's a killer for a team like that. And, and the, jur- the jury is still out. I mean, uh, you know, Luciano, I mean, he's still only, I, I don't know, 20 or 21, um, and, and he got hurt this year. So, you know, will he be up next year? No, probably not. But would he have been up here if he stayed healthy and there was a 20 season? Probably. Harrison, I think, could be vying for a rotation spot next year at some point. Um, you know, on the, on this team. Uh, Matos is, is a guy who uh, sort of, uh, he's always been a decent prospect, but he sort of rose it, took it to the next level. And, but, but, but the truth is to be 100% honest, there is nobody who's just on the verge of coming up and being the Michael Harris that Atlanta has, or the Adley Rutschman who, um, you know, that the Orioles have, but you you also have to give Farhan the break because of what happened in 2020, and if you look you can do this and, and listeners can do this too. If you go to baseballreference.com, they have a great tool where you can look at all the drafts, you can do it by round, you can do it by franchise, and look at all the players who were drafted in in 2019 and 2020 after the Giants picked. you know so for instance, the Giants of 2019 uh, Farhan took Patrick Bailey with the first pick now that his first pick that has not worked out there's a bunch of guys above Patrick Bailey who they didn't get um, who have made it to the majors and have done okay but really nobody who has who was picked after uh, Patrick Bailey in the first round in 2019 aside from Alex Manoa the Blue Jay starter and Michael Harris who was taken in something like the fifth round by the Braves they're the only two players who have come up to the majors from the 2019 draft and made any kind of difference. So every team has been hurt by losing the 2020 season. The Giants have, uh, system has been hurt a little bit by injuries and bad luck. Will Wilson, I think, was the closest maybe to coming up. They moved him up to AAA. Now all of a sudden he's got a broken hammock. He has to have surgery. He's out six weeks. So I think it's going to be another year or two before you can really do a true assessment of how far Han did on that third and most important aspect, which is the system.
0: Hank, I, I think you're doing a, an unbelievable job of sort of helping everybody understand the timing of this whole thing, but you also understand the impatience of fans. And, and so whenever a star's name is out there, everybody really starts to salivate. If not Juan Soto, do you think that Aaron Judge is the type of a player Farhan would go after? Oh,
1: absolutely, uh, especially now that there's uh, a D.H., in the national league. And, and believe me, that is not a comment on Aaron judge's defense. I am amazed by how well Aaron judge can play the outfield at six foot seven. Now Yankee stadium is a little bit different than Oracle. You're not going to stick the judge out, you know, in, in one of the tougher positions out there, but Judge has also had an injury history. Um, And I think it would be important for a player like that. He's finally, you know, it looks like he's finally getting ready to play a full season. He did last year as well. But, you know, here's a guy you want to get off his feet every once in a while. And he, but, but, but the two things that are just kind of critical here. One, he's got incredible right hand, right-handed power, which plays much better at, at Oracle Park than left-handed power. And I don't care – other than Barry Bonds, I don't care who the left-hander is, whether it's Soto or not, it's better to have right-handed power. And two, I believe he's motivated to come to his hometown team, the team he rooted for as a kid. Now, yeah. does that mean that he will come to the Giants for less money? I don't think so. Nobody, comes to, nobody goes anywhere for less money. But, you know, Judge is still at an age where, and, and, and with the power that he brings, um, I think it, it would be a no-brainer to make a good run at him next year uh, because I think he would improve the offense and believe it or not, I think he would improve the defense.
2: We are about, I don't know, seven, eight days away from this trade deadline. What do you think they should do with Carlos Rodon? Should they sell him? Should they try to extend him? What's your guess on this?
1: You know, um, if you had asked me that a week ago, I would have said trade him uh, because I just assume like everybody else, he had another year left on his contract and there's, I mean, if you really want to get difference makers when you trade a starting pitcher, um, real difference makers. It's really good to have a guy who's going to be controllable for the next year. But as I learned, because I I don't cover the team, I didn't know this, um, but he, uh, he earned, Rodon earned the right to opt out of his contract by pitching at least 110 innings this year. And he pitched his 110th inning at Dodger stadium the other night. So now you're talking about a guy that is a rental. He's essentially a rental. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know that it's, you know, I don't know what they could get for him. If there's a team that's really desperate for starting pitching and, and could give away, you know, would be willing to give away with a, a prospect who could maybe be an everyday player in the near future, or a young controllable player uh, that they could have for, for five, four, five, six years. It might be worth, him, I think it would be, at this point, I think it would be foolish of the Giants to not entertain uh, a really good trade for Radon uh, for the right to maybe vie for the fifth or sixth uh, National League playoff spot.